From central London, uh, where there's a festive note in the air, the shop windows are sparkling with decorations and displays, the restaurants are packed, people are carrying far more shopping uh, than is either good for them or their bank balances. Uh, Taxis are shuttling exhausted shoppers and and well-dressed men and women to the theatre, out for a night of entertainment, for we are here in the heart of London's theatre land. For our American listeners, it's like Broadway, but with free parking. And we're here for a unique festive gathering as the Earshot Creative Review celebrates a year of great promotional audio with some of the UK's top radio creatives, leaders and commentators. It's an extended edition of the podcast this time with with seven of us and some 14 pieces of audio to share. So I've split the show into two downloads. I hope you appreciate that. Welcome to the first of them. Now, behind me is the Novello Theatre, named in honour of the great composer and entertainer Ivan Novello. He lived and died within its walls. And tonight, its upstairs bar is our cosy home. So let's go inside and see who's waiting for us. Stand by, we're going in. And I'm here in a room with a bunch of people like Nick Goodman, international radio programming consultant. Hello. And James Stodd from the BBC, producer and blogger. Hello. James Cridland's here, Media UK MD and blogger. Hello. Jacob Rickard from Choice FM and Classic FM. You heard that right. Hello. Lou Nash, who's won an award this year at the Student Radio Awards for URN. Hello. Hi, Lou. And last but not least, the big man of radio, John Myers, Chief Executive of the Radio Academy. Correct. Excellent. Well, thanks all for coming along. We're going to head straight into the audio, uh, play our work and have a chat about it. James Stodd, what have you brought from the BBC? So what, what I've got is uh, um, some audio from Radio 1's uh, Tea in the Park campaign. And what I really liked about this was when I first heard it, uh, the, the launch piece is three and a half minutes long. Uh, but it's more of a sort of mood piece, which is all about uh, the pride of being Scottish. And it only actually mentioned uh, Tea in the Park and Radio 1 once, right at the very end, and they sort of ran this between two songs, and it was uh, uh, I think it was a Biffy Claro track which they used the instrumental of, so uh, I've, I've got a, a sample of this, not the whole thing, um, and then uh, a couple of examples of how they used it within Trails, and then finally how how you can see when a campaign really works, is when you get talent actually taking it and creating their own version so there's an example of uh, Chris Miles taking it and doing his own own version with it as well Scottish is. Scottish is the first to laugh, the last to fall, the first to get back up. Scottish is iron will. Scottish is cheering 3 0 up. And even louder, 3-0 down. It's the cities and the coast. Scottish is the best banter. It's the army of Tartan. Scottish is the loudest crowd. It's knowing when you're home. Scottish is this weekend on Radio 1. Scottish is tea in the park. Scottish is... 
what they what they did to get those words they they uh, did something on uh, on air and on on their facebook page as well which was sort of asking for uh, phrases from listeners to basically describe you know what was great about being scottish obviously you know framing it towards scottish listeners but uh, you know the, the rest of the country as well and they, they, they took us very strong decision you know i think to really sort of focus on you know, one part of their audience but actually sort of talk up the whole uh, national pride to actually make a national station quite local for a, a whole few days of the promotion. I want to ask John Myers, because you've run radio stations outside London, how credible is it when a London-based network tries to own a local market? I, I actually think the listener uh, listens to that as just a great piece of audio. And so it was interesting that, um, you know, if you started listening to that, it's a sort of one of the promos that you might actually turn up because you can hear the build and you can hear it climax. And I actually think that there are not many promos right now or trails that actually deliver uh, true listener experience. And to me, that, when I listen to that trailer, that's a true experience. So the, the next element is one of the, uh, you could almost call it a sort of standard um, festival promo where it sort of uh, talks about uh, the acts and when you can hear it. But it, it's, it uses the same format, it uses some of the same voice, the same music within some of it as well. Obviously it's, it's more like a, a promo, has more energy to it, but uh, I just like the way it sort of blended across you know, the, 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 whole, the whole campaign and sort of tied it together. Scottish is... Scottish is partying through the rain. Scottish is bonnie lassies with fire and ice in their blood. Scottish is the loudest crowd. Scottish is tea in the park. Join us for a belter of a weekend. Hugh Stevens is live from Tea in the Park this Saturday and Sunday from 1 with all the action from this year's festival. Tea in the Park, this weekend you live! Watch the hottest performances on BBC Three across the weekend. Amazing! Join us for a belter of a weekend. This is BBC Radio One. So what I, what I liked about that, obviously, you know, lots of um, listener voices in there, lots of Scottish voices as well, and it, it really sort of hammered, hammered home the point. It was quite a simple message. Tea in the Park this weekend, we'll be there, you can hear it, you can see it on BBC Three. Um, and it just, it's, it's just, I just like the way they sort of owned, owned that whole Scottishness message for uh, those few days as well. I want to bring Nick Goodman into this. Nick, you worked in markets right across uh, Europe and the UK. When you're working in a new market, how much groundwork do you have to do before you can go on air and credibly say, actually, we understand this place? Well, let me use a, a, a Scottish example, because I, uh, I worked up at Radio 4 in Scotland for a couple of years, and, uh, and I was kind of Johnny English up there. And so I had to kind of immerse myself in Scottishness, which involved uh, not eating vegetables and things like that for, uh, for a period of time. <laughs> and uh, and it was incredible. I mean, listening to that audio, it was fantastic for for two reasons. One, um, Scots have a real great nationalistic pride about events and things that they do, perhaps more so than English radio stations do. We're, in England, we're a bit apologetic about that sometimes. Or in Scotland, you can seem to get away with it, as you can in, in, in Wales uh, as well. And secondly, um, about differentiating the festivals, Tea in the Park is essentially a, a really Scottish event. There's something which sets it aside from everything like V or, or Glastonbury or anything like that. So it really gave me a flavour of the event. But yeah, of course, you have to understand fully the culture before you can kind of of, um, make a piece of audio like that. So I think that was a great example. Really enjoyed that one. And James, you brought one more uh, example from that campaign, pulling in some of the big talent at Radio 1. 
Yeah, and I just want to credit, uh, that's Matt Fisher, who's uh, worked on this promotional campaign. Um, what, yeah, what I like about it, and it's, it's happened a few times um, in sort of various situations, is when someone like Chris Moyles... Um, is bought into it into a campaign and sort of works works with it in his own way and i think there was so much comedic potential for this one anyway um i get a feeling you know this is some of this is pre-prepared in some ways but um make it his own as well and just d- deliver a different element to it time well i'll be sure to tell you all about yeah. do you know what what i've never been to scotland before Re- you've never been to mm. scotland really no never what's it like well Scotland is tea in the park, castles, roadworks, McDonald's, and in certain cities and towns, Craig's. It's telling English tourists the wrong way when they ask for directions. <laughs> telling them that Edinburgh Castle is closed on Thursdays. It's telling them that happy hour finished at five past five when it really doesn't end. Ever. <laughs> it's taking them the long way around in a taxi and telling them that one-way streets are everywhere. It's saving up and going shopping, wearing it and bringing it back on Monday. And it's treating Roy Walker like the legend he is. Bowing at his feet and flicking the V's behind his back in photographs. Yeah. It's bunny ears. That's Scotland. All right. I find him a little tricky to understand. Right. You know, the people from Scotland? Right. Uh, Lou Nash, you've won awards for your uh, promotions marketing and you won the imaging award at the uh, Student Radio Awards uh, for your work at URN. How much of an influence is Radio One on your work? Oh, <laughs> that's a very hot topic, student radio, because I think um, a lot of student radios try to emulate Radio 1, and I think a lot of our presenters do in a way, but we wanted, as a station sound, from the imaging point of view, we wanted to be different from, well, not only from Radio 1, but from commercial radio and basically any other radio station. We wanted to really sort of zone in on our student audience and... Um, just be student radio for the sake of student radio. So what examples have you got of that we can hear now? Well, we came up with a new strap line, which was, it's the kind of noise students make, which <laughs> yeah, often gets a laugh because it's a, possibly a bit too brutally honest. Um, we wanted to just be a bit more honest about what student radio is. Yeah, we're not always that good. It goes wrong a lot. Things break. Um, the presenters are in training um so a lot of the time it's noise um and so we uh came up with some trails to sort of launch this new uh strap line but it also became a station sort of ethos and um like what everyone worked towards the fact that it was student noise it, it may be noise but it's student noise Groundbreaking study reveals actual noise of students. Student radio station URN carried out a study to find out the true sound of students. Here is what it revealed. The findings have been described as harrowing, disturbing and upsetting. URN. It's the kind of noise students make. And how did you develop that idea? 
Um, we developed it in sort of all aspects of the radio. Um, we became much more hands-on um, and from the point of view of like outside broadcast, we did a whole week of outside broadcast called ERN Alfresco. We took the station outside and just sort of joined in with what students were doing um, at the f- festival in the summer um, that's put on by the Students' Union. Instead of broadcasting from backstage where we'd always broadcast from before, we thought, well, what's the point of that? The presenters don't know what's going on. Let's go and be in the middle of the crowd. We were in the middle of the crowd. We got loads of students on and got them to make a lot of different noises <laughs> with some interesting results. Um, but it was a lot more fun and a lot more sort of student-based rather than, ooh, look, feeder's playing... Yeah, but what do the students think? And did any of your DJs push against this and actually want to make a sound that is closer to that of the stations they love when they listen to the radio? Um, yeah, a few. Um, but I think they generally came round to the idea just because it's more fun. John Myers, is there enough fun on the radio? <clears throat> uh, there are on some stations, but um, I think... Some stations take themselves far too seriously at times. And, you know, we aren't doing open-heart surgery. We're in the entertainment business. And that uh, sometimes we forget to entertain. Which stations? Oh, um, I might not say that. But some, <laughs> some of them, you, you, you tune in, you think, well, if that promo was designed to get me to tune in tomorrow, it's actually failed. And sometimes you say to yourself, if that's an example of the talent... Um, I'm definitely not going to be tuning in tomorrow. So sometimes the wrong promo can uh, actually turn listeners away rather than do what you want them to do, which is sample the station. Well, you've brought a promo along to play that you heard on a, on a BBC local radio station and you've, you've slated this on your blog. Well, I think anyone with half a brain will realise this isn't a brilliant promo um, and I don't know who made it. Um, but this is... Um, Certainly no one in this room is owning up to it. Um, But it's a promo that uh, the BBC Trust commissioned, which was to ask people to respond to their proposed cuts in BBC local radio. So if you don't want a reaction, this is the sort of promo you'd make. Do you have views on BBC Radio Nottingham? If you do, then the BBC Trust would like to hear from you. As governing body of the BBC, the Trust regularly carries out reviews of each of the BBC services. This time, it's looking at the performance of local radio in England. To find out how to share your views, call 0800 0680 116 or visit bbc.co.uk slash bbctrust. Calls are free from most landlines. Some networks and mobile operators will charge for these calls. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbctrust. And John, you're, you're getting a name for yourself in writing on your blog about things you perceive as problems and then getting hired as a consultant to help fix them out. How would you what, fix I've that? I've been exposed. <laughs> How would you fix that? Um, well, uh, when you spend a life in programming, you tend to get easily wound up by things that uh, could be sorted if only someone sat down and thought about what they were doing. So when you actually... Um, the big bane of my life that I find myself... The police are here to cart off that person from BBC Trails. Um, but the, the big bane of my life is when I hear breakfast promos, which in commercial radio, often there's one scheduled, say, for an hour after you come off air, so you've actually got to write it, get it on the air. And um, because it's got a credit on, you've got to get the credits away sometimes. So um, 
So you hear these promos, and you've got brilliant writers in the station, but they don't get involved writing it. And so often the jock writes it or the producer writes it, and they're not the best people to write these sort of things. And you just ask that, uh, you know, tune in tomorrow and you could win £5,000 and you can also win a brand new door from such and such a double glazing company. And not only that, we would play lots of great music. Tune in tomorrow at 8 o'clock. I'm, I'm out. You know, so there, um, there are some great uh, breakfast promos when they play. You often hear promos that play bits of audio from the breakfast show that morning, which isn't actually the best bit of audio. But they've had they've clipped it off and so sometimes you wonder if they just think about it and they throw away good promos too quickly so sometimes when they've got a really good one they think they have to refresh it and actually when you consider that you could play this a lot more I think they refresh them too quickly and they throw out the good ones and replace them with one that's not so good Um, but I think they should uh, the way to get a good promo is to concept idea and it's all in the writing James Thor, I know this didn't come out of your own uh, office, but it's from your part of the BBC, this promo. Was the brief to uh, not get anyone to take part in the consultation? <laughs> the, the brief was, or the requirement was, for that to sound like it was the voice of the BBC Trust and not the voice of the BBC. So there was a, a, a definite decision to make that sound different from the sort of things that would necessarily run on local radio stations and to have a feel that was different which is why I didn't use BBC talents and use the sort of music you wouldn't necessarily associate with um, sort of local radio um, a similar a similar sort of trail has run on um, networked radio and they've, they've used their own talent and have used the same sort of scripts and they've been very factual and they've been very unemotional and they are just you know getting across the same sort of point as transmission is changing in this area and very very factual factual um, information so i think that's that's why it was done that way james cridland well i i think we've all recorded those um i mean i, re- I remember recording something saying if you if you wish to comment on anything that you've heard on hallam fm uh, then write to the radio authority uh, and all that kind of stuff and actually you deliberately make those so that they don't sound as if it's part of part of the station because that because that is the whole point but i think it is interesting when you listen to, for example, Talk Sport that use their in-house creative team to produce the, the promos and trails for the shows in comparison to many stations, as John says, who um, kind of put their creative team into a little box marked sales. And you clearly don't understand anything about radio, even though you've worked in radio all your life. You clearly don't understand anything about how programming works. Um, you know, you, you can really spot that that, that um, difference. And I think certainly when you have a look at something like uh, Talk Sport, there's a real difference in, in comparison with some of the other stations that you hear. I also think that the BBC is particularly good at uh, pushing other radio stations. When you're, so I, I heard a wonderful uh, trail for the Infinite Monkey Cage, which is a you know sort of comedy come science show on Radio Four, and that trail was on Six Music and actually fitted the audience perfectly. It was a really clever piece of um, of, of media planning there, um, and it's something that. Commercial radio is still guilty about not doing. I've never heard a promo for Heart or for Capital on LBC. I listen to LBC an awful lot. Why, why ever not? You know, I mean, you know, if, if, if the topic that you're listening to on LBC isn't a particularly interesting topic and you wish it would go away... Um, then why, why, aren't, uh, why aren't LBC telling me, well, you know we've got a non-stop news uh, 
uh, station, LBC News 1152. That's very good. You can, you can go and find that. And we also have Capital, and Capital's very good too. There's none of that that goes on, with the exception of Absolute Radio. There's very little of that that goes on, you know, throughout the rest of commercial radio. And I think that's a massive missed, missed opportunity. If we can get people tuning into more radio, then radio wins. And I think that, that would be really interesting if, uh, if more commercial stations just um, plugged some of the other stations that they own. So let's come to Jacob Rickard on that very point, because unusually you're, you're working across Choice FM and Classic FM in the global stable. Yes. Any cross-promotion going on between those brands? <laughs> not between those two, no. I think if there are going to be any two for the, not to be cross-promoted, it'd be those. <laughs> um, so I'm working freelance, which means basically whoever will have me, um, and it's mostly been Choice over the past couple of years. Um, I do all the imaging stuff and branding for Choice, uh, which includes quite a lot of writing, quite a lot of, you know, well, the whole process, basically, because Choice is a very small team. I'm doing pretty much everything there. Um, and then at Classic, in the last few months, I've been involved in um, making promotions, um, particularly for some new shows starting in the new year. And so, again, something very different in terms of a production sound, but, uh, but a very similar job in terms of getting people to put the radio on. Well, let's have a listen to some of your work. OK, uh, I'll play you some stuff of Choice Imaging. Um, just to explain something which um, Choice has developed in the last few months and it's recently gone on the air, which um, is something that I've kind of put together completely, is um, the idea of every song having a branded intro. So it's something that stations like Kiss and Capital have always done, is making a branded version where the artist introduces their song. On Choice, literally every song on the playlist, the branded version is the one that's scheduled for the presenter. Um, so uh, with the exception of sort of alt older songs um, every song has this branded version which just keeps everything sounding really slick and really tight choice pop, 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 pop your box and city of Westminster College your future your choice your college Go. choice this is J. Cole it's Jay-Z and I love London's choice your number one urban station three two one choice everybody got a bad side track your number one urban station know that Choice. Which one on a count sit pun? Your number one. My radio urban station. This is go. Choice. So you've heard a few recent bits from the Choice playlist and there's a, a sponsor credit in there as well. So that's the overall kind of sound of Choice. It's um, I personally think it doesn't really sound like much else in London at the moment. It's kind of got bits of, of things like Kiss and Radio 1 in there, but it's also got a very kind of American hip-hop station sound, which we've kind of uh, we've brought bits of over. And a, a lot of the, the music on Choice has a very American feel as well. And so it's got that kind of big glitzy sound, which really fits with that, that hip-hop feel which is on the station and how do you switch from that into your classic fm frame of mind it's um in a, a practical sense it's just opening a different pro School session and uh, and suddenly it's uh, it all sounds different um but uh but no in uh it, it can be a little bit disconcerting but to do that switch and you uh suddenly you know everything's a lot calmer what do you buy for the music lover who has everything present that really counts the gift of life-changing music therapy for a disabled child for just 25 pounds you can give the gift of music to a uk child who desperately needs music therapy this christmas when you make the donation the classic fm foundation will send you a keepsake gift card to present to your loved one on christmas day 
to purchase your gift of music, simply visit classicfm.com slash appeal. And why did you choose that to bring? Um, it's just a, a recent example of some of the things I've been working on at Classic. So um, some of it is station promotion stuff, some of it is sponsorship stuff, and some of it like that is the uh, very heartfelt Christmas appeal um, with uh, great voicing, I would I would suggest, by Roger and Emma, who are the voices on that, um, sort of really bring it together really nicely. And great piece of station music on there as well. That's actual Classic FM jingle music. Can I ask about station voices and the voices you use on promos? Because... Um Radio stations now research everything. Do you do any research or is it just gut feel about the best voice uh, or the best, you know, where you research promos, you research jingles? Do you do anything or is it just your decision? Um, in my experience, it's always been a collective decision of, yeah, just gut feel sort of in the station, whatever sounds right. And uh, on choice, it's very interesting. The two station voices, the male and the female voices on choice, are um, were, were not voiceovers really when when we when we found them they were not literally people off the street but they were kind of you know connections from the industry um who have we've kind of built up as as very authentic sounding kind of just listener voices basically um the male voice on that is now also the voice of glee on sky one so i think we've done our job quite well in nurturing him as a voice um it's done him quite well um and so yeah and and for classic i can't really comment because i'm not involved in that decision but it's something they're working on at the moment and i think by the time people hear this there will be new voices on classic fm as well it's interesting though isn't it because you could argue that imaging and jingles are played a lot more than music and they research all the music and so yet no one ever researches the bit that they hear more than anything else and so um i mean does bbc do they do any listener panels or auditorium on testing i don't know about auditoriums but uh, with with the cross-promotional stuff that we work on in our team there's there's a number of sort of different sort of hurdles you have to sort of jump over so firstly it's trying to if this is a voice that ties in with the uh, the overall campaign on on tv and radio trying to tie that together but then when we are running trails on different radio networks um finding voices that work across all three groupings of stations is is, is almost impossible for radio one it has to be young 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 if not younger, younger, younger. Uh, uh, Radio 2 and uh, Radio 4, you can occasionally get a, a crossover, but it depends on, on what the feel is. So it's, it's, it's very much a case of the, the feel of what we're trying to achieve, and then we'll normally shortlist it and work with our sort of marketing co- colleagues and what they wanted to achieve, and then talk to radio stations to see how it fits with their station sound, because obviously we're trying to make what we work, create sort of sit within the station sound as well as within a campaign. It's sort of a bit of a juggling, juggling act, I guess. Nick Goodman. Talking about the choice of great voices, I uh, noticed that on the launch of Absolute Radio 70s uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was interested to hear what the kind of voices that they've chosen. And they've got, like, a Cockney bloke who's kind of like someone out the Sweeney or something like that, which was a bit 70s, like a 70s cop. And I thought, that works brilliantly. And they've got, like, a Geordie bloke as well. He's like, why are you Absolute Radio 70s? I can't do the accent. But it just seemed to sum up the 70s, and I don't know why, but it's kind of for them. They had to, hmm, having to think about what accents and what voices will work for a 70s-themed radio station, and they picked fantastic voices, and it works really, really well on that. If you're hiring a radio producer to do your imaging, do your promotions, aren't you hiring their gut feel? You're hiring them as a casting director, and you'd never put the casting of a, of a part in EastEnders out to research, would you, John? No, you wouldn't, but you're hiring a great music uh, scheduler, and you don't trust him or her, do you? You, you research that. So... Um, it just seems to me is that I have a view of research is that um, 
I've never been a big supporter of research. I always think gut feel is a, usually a better way of going about it. But I know people like the Phil Rileys of this world will research everything, you know, and he forms an opinion on that, and he's very successful. So there's no wrong or right way of doing it, and it really, it's, a, it's about you. But I always get nervous when people tell me that research well, you know, because um, I think... That, and there's many times when someone will tell you, um, John, that song's researching well, we're going to play it. I say, that might be so, but I think it's crap, so it's not going on. And because someone has to make decisions. And I can't believe Parkey, sitting at Capitol, likes every song that's researched well. I think he does it on gut feel. Oh, yeah, I think voiceovers are a really interesting thing that people don't think about. But um, when we d- did our rebrand of the station, we'd had very commercial voiceovers. Um, and we thought, well, why? There's no adults in this station. No one's over the age of... Well, I think there was, there's one 25-year-old. But um, other than that, they're all under 20. Um, and so we got students to do it. And I think it's really interesting when stations use sort of people who aren't voiceovers to try and do voiceovers. Um, like, I'm not voxing, voxing something else entirely, but I think you get really interesting results. And I found a couple of people who were actually really good. Um, and if you mix the right voices for the right trails or whatever, I think it works really, really well. I'm, I think one of the original vo- uh, voiceovers on Virgin Radio was their receptionist, because actually it worked, it, it worked quite well. But, I mean, you, you know, if you look... I, I find it fascinating that Apple, for example... Has has made the voice of Siri in the US to be a female and the voice of Siri in the UK to be a male because apparently we like authority and, uh, and that's clearly uh, a man and, uh, and the Americans like uh, friendliness and that's clearly a woman. Um, I, I, I find it just incomprehensible. And I, I, I have to say, I mean, it, it was interesting. I was listening to one of the first podcasts I think you did, John, uh, for... The Radio Academy, uh, where you were talking to the folks behind uh, Jack FM uh, in the UK, where they had, um, I think they tested 50 voices or something for the Jack FM voice here. I won't say what I think of the of the UK Jack FM voice, but I was listening to the American Jack FM, and that's very good. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another thing I'll quickly play from Choice, uh, going back to Choice, is um, a promo I made, which, um, again, like the classic one, is commercially driven, as in it's a promo to make some money, um, as with a lot of commercial radio promos. Uh, this is, as with uh, a lot of things on Choice as well, within the very strict 30 seconds, trying to cram in as much information as possible, uh, but also put across that feel and that identity of Choice as well with the writing and the sound. So that's the aim of this. You know what? It sounds like uh, a lot of the pirate stations that I listen to, uh, and, and that's probably a good thing because yeah. it's appealing to a similar sort of artist. And, and the, the club promos they make on those go on for about 90 seconds, and they just keep repeating the same phone number over and over again and telling me which DJs they are. But I think uh, that's the kind of zone it's in. Obviously, it's a lot more professional and polished, and you've squeezed it into 30 seconds. But uh, obviously, I'm down with the kids, so uh, that, all those artists... <laughs> All those artists meant everything to me. And you've brought some audio as well, in contrast to that. I have brought some audio. Um, 
I was looking through some of the best bits of audio from uh, from this year, uh, and I stumbled across. Uh, Radio One's annual uh, hooli to uh, Ibiza. Now they've been doing this for years and years since uh, since I was a wee lad in shorts when Lisa Anson wandered off uh, never to be seen again. And uh, and it's always great. So every year they they've gone to the White Isle and they've celebrated this and they've kind of uh, tried to bring the vibe of Ibiza. Um, back to the listeners. So how do you do that year after year after year and give it a different creative spin? And um, this year they decided to uh, to do something uh, a little bit different with it and they decided to do it in Spanish, which I thought was incredible and uh, really kind of um, made me turn up the radio to listen to this promo. So I've got two promos to play. Let's, uh, let's play the first one, which is a little mini promo for Chris Moyles. ¿Estás cansado de música en la radio? Hola. Entonces escucha The Chris Moyle Show. Es un antídoto para la radio musical. Ahora con menos música y más palabra. The Chris Moyle Show. Good morning, everybody. This morning from 6.30, only on BBC Radio 1. Now, uh, I am a linguist in many languages, but Spanish isn't one of them. So um, I believe they are saying interesting and funny things about Christmas. I don't know if anyone in the room speaks Spanish here. Lots of blank looks there. But uh, do you know what they, they're actually I, saying, James Todd? I don't, but I, I sat in a session and played this uh, to a load of people from some advertising agencies. The, the next trailer you're going to play, actually. And there was someone who spoke Spanish in the room, and she translated it. And it all made sense, and it all was using the right, the right sort of phrases. It was properly translated. That's the BBC, isn't it? Educational. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I think during that day they also they changed all of their idents and they were all Spanish voiced as well. So they, they did far more this year with it than they did last year yeah. as well. I got I had lots of the dry idents, but I didn't bring those all with me because we only have limited amounts of time here. Um, but the good thing is they made different versions, uh, obviously promoting the different shows with different kind of jokes about the DJs and stuff like that. So let's listen to another one to get the flavour. This is a little mini promo for Scott Milsha. Radio. Se está haciendo tarde y empiezo a perder el entusiasmo escribiendo estos guiones, así que digamos solo, le gusta el sol, le gusta la playa, le encanta la sangría. Scott Mills. Scott Mills. El hombre del bronceado. Today from four. Only on BBC Radio One. Now, I know, that, I know they're mentioning uh, a beach there, Playa, I think is beach, and there was definitely a mention of sangria there, and there was something describing uh, Scott, but I'm not quite sure what that was. But I just think it was a, a fantastic way of bringing uh, the Ibiza vibe to listeners, because that when you go to Spain or you go to Ibiza and you turn on the radio, that's what it sounds like. So I instantly got transported there, and I was in the mood to hear Pete Tong and Judge Jules and all the people from Ibiza having a lot of fun at the taxpayers' expense. And James, as a radio producer, isn't it great when you get a simple idea like that that you know is powerful enough to carry the whole campaign? Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a gift. I think there's there's sort of a theme across some of the stuff we've been listening to today. When when you get a simple idea, you can carry it through in all sorts of different ways. You know, it's, it's the same as Lou's campaign, the, the noise that students make. I think that that works really well because it's it's, it's sort of central to the idea of the whole radio station, and it can transfer in many different ways. And I think that's you know, that's why it works. Earshot Creative Review. Well, I hope you're enjoying the uh, audio and the chat. It all continues in part two of this festive podcast, which will be available as a separate download. Have a look at earshotcreative.com if you're looking for that. And while you're there, why not check out the website with show notes, there's pictures to go with the podcast, uh, plus articles, commentary from me, Jonathan Jacob, and various guest writers too, all at earshotcreative.com. See you in part two. 